everybody, and welcome to another episode of Book Goodies Author Series of Podcasts. My name is Deborah Carney, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined by guest Marlon Jones. Hi, Marlon. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Deborah? Um, I'm doing really good, and I hear that southern accent. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> That's really nice. Um, Marlon, I'm really glad to have you on the show today. You have a really interesting book that you said you're getting ready to publish in, a, in about a month. And um, why don't you tell the folks what it what it's about? Okay, it's called the Athletic Scholarship Eligibility Coach, and it's a how-to guide for the eligibility certification game. I've worked in college athletics since 1987, and the last 10 years I've spent as a university compliance officer, and we certify all student athletes for scholarships. And I kept finding situations where students had signed papers to receive a full scholarship, thought they were set. We got to August and they couldn't get their scholarship because of little things that they had missed along the way in the process. Okay. And so I wanted to, I started with a blog a couple of years ago, just putting out little tips and excuse me, pieces of information to try and help parents through the process. Because if you don't work with the legislation every day, you don't really understand. You don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you, and you don't know what you don't know that you need to know. Mm-hmm. And I kept writing and writing, and I just ended up having enough information that ended up being a book. Well, and that's really great because, um, especially in the educational field, um, there's there's so much that changes on a day-to-day basis that I'm glad you have a yes. blog that goes along with the book. Um, yes. Because people can go get, you know, updates. Now, and uh, you said you've independently published. Um, Why don't you let me know, tell our listeners uh, how you came to that decision? Well, I started writing the book in January of 2010 and uh, read a lot of different books about how to do nonfiction proposals. And it took me probably about a year just to get the proposal done properly. Mm-hmm. Going through all of the research for the book, getting the chapters outlined. And then I started trying to get in touch with different publishing companies. And uh, most of the publishing companies wouldn't respond. I did get two um, agents to respond. And they said they thought I had a great idea, but they didn't think my platform was large enough. So I had to go start researching platforms and seeing what all those things are. Mm-hmm. I was a journalism major in school, but I didn't work in publishing. I worked in advertising. Okay. So I thought you write a book, and then you go through all of the marketing. I didn't know that they expected you to do like the marketing and the promotions first, and then do the book. <laughs> so Sounds kind of backwards, right? Yeah. So that's when I started with the blog and got on Facebook and Twitter and just trying to go and speak to parents groups. I have a girlfriend from high school whose son plays ice hockey. Mm-hmm. And the ice hockey community is very unfamiliar with NCA rules because most of the coaches and most of their mentors come from the Canadian educational system. Right. So they didn't have to go through NCA policies and procedures. And um just as I talked to more of them, and by now I'm a year and a half into the process, and with NCA rules, they change very often. So I was like, if I don't hurry up and get this thing out, it's not going to get done. So I started talking with a couple of people here in my area who had published books, 
and I didn't realize they had self-published the books because the product looked so the finished product looked so good. Right. And I have a law school classmate who works helping students get admitted to law school. She's the law school expert. And I talked with her about her process and she was like, oh, you can spend the next two, three years trying to find a traditional publisher or you can just go on and finish the book and publish it. <laughs> and you're like, really? <laughs> and of course, I still was a little skeptical, but I also have a friend from high school. We were in the marching band together in high school. He's a librarian. And I spoke with him about how libraries go about purchasing and buying books. And he said basically they use the same catalogs, whether the book is self-published or published by a publishing company. And they want to look at your content. He did suggest I have an index because he said librarians are always looking for books, books that have an index in them. Yeah. So I went and, and added that to the process and just finished the index this week, finished proofreading the index, and hopefully in the next two weeks I'll get the, the finished proof, the full book proof. That's awesome. And now where are you self-publishing through? iUniverse. Okay, cool. And are you going to have an ebook version of your, of your book available? Yes, yes. They're doing both the paperback and the ebook. Okay, because one of the things that your situation particularly is going to be um, appropriate for is that um, an ebook you can update like almost instantaneously. Like if you're published on Amazon, um, you can re-upload your your ebook uh, manuscript uh, multiple times or any time that there's an update. Oh, that's um, right. Without having to go through and have to you know go through the whole publishing process again. And uh, I would talk to iUniverse about the fact that you're, you know, you may need to update, you know, once every six months or once every year um, through Amazon's Create Space. They they give you, I think there's a, a small charge if you need to replace your your manuscript. But they, you know, they both afford you because they're not printed ahead of time. They're all, you know, print on demand. Right. You know, uh, make sure that you're able to make those changes because you're going to be somebody that, you know, you'll... Like you said, the rules are changing all the time. So self-publishing is perfect for you because you need to be able to get it out in a timely manner and you need to be able to update. Correct. Correct. So that that's really cool. That's, that's really awesome. Um, now, from the time that you figured out that you could self-publish, how long is, how, what's that timeline been like? How long has that been? Um, that's been about a year and a half. Um, I would say it was around last August when I sent in the first, uh, what I thought was the final draft of the manuscript, <laughs> which actually ended up being a first draft, and their editorial team went through it. They have a great editorial team at iUniverse. They go through and where they are confused or they think the reader may be confused, they flag those areas. If they think some charts are out of place or if they think something would flow better with a different chapter, they mark that. They also point to if you had uh, some grammatical errors or punctuation issues. And so started making those suggested corrections, ended up having to move a chapter in the book to a different location, going back and forth. Um, I used... Uh, a lady in town who was a high school uh, AP English teacher and who also used to grade essays for the SAT. Oh, nice. 
and she went through the book for me. My friend is the librarian, went through it. I have information on uh, specifically the admissions and the financial aid process. Right. So I, I used to work in college admissions, but I got someone who's currently working in admissions to go through that section. I have a girlfriend who has a company where she does independent audits for financial aid for universities. I had her go through the financial aid section, and then I sent a copy to one of my friends who's a director of enforcement at the NCAA to have him go through it. So having all those different experts come back and give me their pointers and their tips and then incorporating all their changes, and then hired a professional proofreader to go through and incorporate all their changes, and then when I got it back in the electronic version, as you're reading through it, it's like, Oh, I can't believe I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Something else to mark. There's something else to mark. So we got to, we went back and forth from about October to March. Okay. And then, um, in March, we got everything set up and started going through the cover. Yep. And getting the cover done and, you know, what I originally thought would be a good cover when you actually see the mock-up, it's like it's missing something. Mm-hmm add a few things and they didn't work and we took those away and added some more so that was about a month and a half process so then we got to about May and then they sent it out to the professional indexer okay the professional indexer had it for about three weeks I'm thinking I'm gonna get back maybe a five or six page document and I got back a 27 page index Wow <laughs> so that's <laughs> I spent the last three weeks with that going through making sure every site was actually on the page that it cited, found some sections that weren't included that I needed to add, found a couple of things I could take out, sent that off today, um, got the final cover last week, so this has gone to the indexer and I should have the mock-up in book form in two weeks. That's really awesome. You just talked about something that I didn't even know existed. I didn't know there were professional indexers out there. I yeah. figured if I wanted to put an index in my book, I was going to have to go back through <laughs> and find all the pages and find all the things that, you know, that would be in an index. So that's that's a job I didn't know of. And you're a perfect example of how it takes a village to write a book. <laughs> yes, it does. And there are computer programs you can buy. Mm-hmm problem with that is when you have a, uh, my book of course has the words NCAA mm -hmm. and NAIA, the two associations that govern all of college athletics in it a zillion times. Right. So if you asked the computer to find that, you would have a gazillion references because almost every other page is going to have it. Right. But that wouldn't be very helpful to a parent and a library wouldn't like it or appreciate it. Right. So it, it costs um, probably five times more to have a person do it than a computer, but you get a much better product in the end. Well, yeah, because a, a person went through it the way a person would have to go through and look for things. Exactly. Um, you know, like you said, someone's going to go to the book and, you know, they need to find out the admission process. They need to find out the documentation. You know, they don't want to have to be flipping through the whole book. Um, exactly. And looking for that information. And even though it might, they think it's in a specific chapter, you know, it might be there, you know, as a first note, but then there might be another note farther down in the book that they need to go and, and consult. So, and that uh, second reference could be exactly what they're looking for. Yep, exactly. 
Well, it sounds like you have taken um, self-publishing to a new level by, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed that you use so many people. You use your entire social circle, basically, yes. to um, and took all of your experience, which some authors do, but some authors don't think about because they think, you know, it's my book. I've got to do it. I can do everything. And, you know, and then they put it out there and then people like the ones you had look at it, go through and say, oh, well, this isn't accurate. So they just dismiss the whole book as being uh, problematic because if this information is wrong, then how can they trust the rest of your information? How do they trust the rest of it? And I guess having the two degrees in journalism and I would see my dean's face as I was going through and editing. Mm-hmm. And say, you know, I don't want the dean from UNC Chapel Hill calling me saying, what did you put out <laughs> at our school? What in the world were you thinking? <laughs> so, there you go. It made me look through it yet again. And I have a five-year-old, so I had to learn how to ask for help a while ago. Yep, I yep. was one of those people who wanted to do everything yourself. But once you have kids, you learn to delegate. Yep. Yep, because you can't you can't be the graphic artist and the author and the indexer and you know the the complete researcher. Even though your journalism background you know was awesome and probably assisted you greatly in your in the research phase of the book, um, you know you're still not a graphic artist. You don't know the correct exactly. elements, and you you really don't have time to research all of that. Um, especially for a book that's as important as yours, like you know, I'm not. I don't want to say that nonfiction books are less important. However, your book is more timely, and it is very dependent upon current issues. And if you do say something wrong in it, you know, not only is your Chapel Hill <laughs> professor going to come yell at you or the dean, um, you know, people are going to just discount your book as being not credible. So um, delegating to the appropriate people, you know, and then just recognizing them in the book is, is a perfect way to put together the type of book that you just did. Um, and we're coming up upon a real crucial time in college athletics because there are a lot of students who go to community colleges before they decide to come to a, a four-year school and compete. Mm-hmm. And their admission and certification process is completely changing on August one. Oh, no. Students who are in the high school class of 2016, so those are your current students who are getting ready to go into the ninth grade, their certification process is going to be drastically different. Yeah. That's, (laughs) and there's no way around that. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just the way real life is. And you're not only dealing with, you know, the college process, you're also dealing with certification from you know, the government, what, what financial aid can they get there, and then what do they get from the school, and, you know, you're going through where I, I can't even imagine the paperwork to try and get an athletic scholarship. It, it can be incredible, and the, the real problem is a lot of the parents depend on the guidance counselors to right. do everything or the high school coach, and the reality is the guidance counselors have so many other duties that are assigned to them and so many students that they are counseling that getting your child a scholarship kind of falls down the list. It's not just at the top of the pecking order. Yep. Now, how are you going to market the book now that you're, you know, you're doing the indie thing, so you get to market it afterwards. 
Yes. Um, doing a, a couple of different things. Um, I just recently, I tell you, I'm, I'm technology challenged. You're my first Skype call. <laughs> and I just learned about these blog tours. Yes. Where you can go on a tour to different blogs. So I'm going to try, I'm working with one of my college students and try and set up a blog tour on the high school recruiting blog sites. Oh, that's awesome. One of the other things that I've been looking to do is in college, I work in college athletics full time as a compliance officer, and we rely a lot on sponsorships to fund athletic programs. And so I'm looking to try and get some sponsorships from some of the professional athletes who are in our area or those that went to schools in our area to try and get them to purchase books to donate to their high school. That's I, another really great idea. Get them to give the books to their high school. The high school can put some of them in the library so that students who can't afford a book can check it out. Mm -hmm. Give some of them to the guidance counselors so that they can at least have a resource available if they need to check on something and give some to the high school coaches. That's, you I'm have... Also, go I'm ahead. Sorry. You have all the greatest. You have all the greatest connections. This is this is like the perfect, perfect marketing platform. So keep going. Then I also am going to connect with the coaches associations and try and exhibit at their conferences. They usually meet um, between the Christmas break and in the summer. Okay. So uh, next summer, going to like the lacrosse coaches association meeting and the soccer coaches association meeting because in addition to the coaches being there but you also have more sponsors mm -hmm. and corporate sponsors in a certain city uh, for example here we have uh, Bojangles headquarters in Charlotte North Carolina so I have a proposal that I'm waiting to hear back from them for them to be able to donate some books to the high schools in their area and to allow me to do a workshop for their employees. Uh, so for perfect. all of their employees who have children who are getting ready to go to high school, I would do a workshop and then their employees would get to buy the book at a discount. That's, that's so such gives, a great idea. It gives them publicity and goodwill in the community. It gives them a partial tax write-off and it helps to spread the word. Yeah, you. <laughs> I'm. I got. I got nothing left. You're <laughs> like you've got it. You've got it all wrapped up. But again, you know, for writers who are who are listening and going, "Wow, she had all these connections." I don't have all those connections. Some of the things that you're talking about are things that are um, really not that difficult to do. No matter what your book is about, whether it's um, a fiction or a nonfiction book, you can go into your local library and offer to donate a couple of copies so that they can have them on their shelves and then people will, you know, read it and recommend their friends to read it. And wow. I'll approach your local school and, you know, see if you can get an age-appropriate book to be a book that's being read by a classroom. And then exactly. find a company to either sponsor that book or, you know, give the teacher a copy and let them determine and then give the kids a discount toward toward purchasing the book. Um, and doing research on marketing, I saw another author, I'm sorry I can't remember the author's name, but they took a book, autographed it, and took it to their like local Barnes & Noble, 
and this person had a lot of followers on Twitter and Skype, and so, I'm sorry, Twitter and Facebook, and so they sent a message out that, you know, the first person that goes into the store and asks for the book gets an autographed copy. Nice. And the person that got the autographed copy took a picture with it and sent it out to all of her Facebook friends. That's a beautiful thing. That is an awesome social tactic. I actually know That's another... That other authors could do as well. Yep. I actually know two other people doing that particular okay. tactic that were, um, they were both, one was self-published and one was traditionally published, but um, he didn't really know exactly how much promotion, um, you know, the actual bookstores did, so he had, or the actual publisher did, so mm-hmm. he did kind of the same thing where he said, you know, go buy, go ask for the book, take a picture of yourself with the book, and then, you know, send it to me and I'll autograph it for you. So you're, you know, you're going to do it the other way around where, or the other author did it the other way around where, you know, here's, here's an autographed copy, you know, come get it and tell all your friends and, oh, by the way, here's where you buy it yourself. (laughs) Right. And one of the things I saw someone else did, and I've been trying to research, they didn't actually say how they did it, but they traded writing for advertising in a publication. Oh. So there's a publication where your target aud- your target audience reads. Mm-hmm. If you can write an article for that publication, and instead of them paying you money, they allow you to have a certain amount of advertising in their publication. Then you're writing something. People see a good quality content. They see your byline, mm-hmm. and then they also see an ad to your product. That's awesome. And you know what? That's something that a lot of authors overlook especially in our online society everybody just thinks about you know putting things on blogs and which is wonderful you know you can find plenty like you said for your blog tour you've got um uh, students that are that are going to actually help you find the right blogs to get on but a lot of authors are forgetting that in our electronic world there are still many places offline that that they should go hit up and um that's you know that's just so important and and all the independent bookstores that are out there that are complaining that the Kindles and everything are taking over their business and making their business fail there's still a whole lot of people out there that want to go walk into a, a bookstore and be able to buy a book there and are if your publisher or if you're self publishing you know buy five books yourself and take it down to your local bookstore and say hey take these on consignment if you sell them you sell them and That gives you so much more street cred, you know, and especially a book like yours, people are going to, the electronic version will be important, but the print book is going to be even more important because they're going to need to have that resource sitting on their desk as a reference. To refer back to again, and then there was something I hadn't thought about um, that was mentioned to me this week. We host a basketball tournament on our campus. It's called a Pro-Am because they have professional players and some of the area college students playing together. Mm -hmm. But one of the guys mentioned to me, he said, well, have you contacted any of the churches in the area? And I said, well, no. And he said, you know, if you get the information to the churches, they (laughs) share it with their congregations. A good old Southern girl like you ought to know that. (laughs) I I should have thought about it. (laughs) And that's awesome. And that's a cultural thing. And that's a local thing. You know, I mean, 
your book appeals to that audience because, you know, that's where the parents are, you know, and that's where they're bringing their kids to every Sunday. And, you know, you can you can do a little presentation at the church, even, you know, have a nighttime, you know, if your kids are interested in athletic scholarships, you know, come talk to me and and, uh, you know, at the end of the end of your presentation, you know, here's here's my book. Take it home as a reference, you know, buy the book. And one of my um, colleagues uh, told me there's this thing called Square that you can hook to your phone. Yep. Which allows you to take credit cards. Right there at the, right there. You can take credit cards. Also, PayPal has um, an add-on for uh, certain phones, too. So you can look at both Square and PayPal and, and see which one will work with your telephone. Because some few people actually carry cash around these days. No, I don't. Oh, I don't either. <laughs> I live in New York City. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't carry anything. <laughs> I don't carry a purse. Everything goes in my pocket, and you know, there's no there's no cash in there if you take it. That's understandable. Um, so, but yeah, and things like that. Um, again, technology moving forward, making it easier for the independently published author to be able to do live presentations and still sell your book and not have to ask people for cash or, you know, God forbid they write a check. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have a check. I have not had a checkbook for 10 years. And, you know, I can't even imagine writing a check. So, um, yeah, it's just all getting so much easier. And I love that you're thinking of all this out you know, offline, offline, offline. All of your people are not going to be online, especially in what you're doing. You know, yes. the kids are all online. The kids but are, but the kids aren't going to buy the book. It's their parents who are going to buy the book and their coaches. And their, a lot of their coaches, if they are online, they're online so much doing work that when they leave work, they're not going to get back online. Yep. And again, your book is something that they need to hold in their hand. You know, the coaches have to actually, you know, look at your book. You know, they can't just, oh, I got to flip through and I got to find on my Kindle, I got to, uh, on my computer, I got to find the page and I don't know where it is. And, oh, I got to go back to the index. And, you know, they just want to have a book in their hand because that's what they're used to. You know, yes. coaches and guidance counselors, they all have that wall full of books. And, you know, they need to have yours to be part of that collection. Well, thank you. I hope so. Yeah, well, I have a feeling <laughs> with the connections that you've got, your book is going to be all over the place as soon as it gets published. Um, because you did it the right way. You engaged people who are involved in the process of what your book needs to do. So you've got um, you know, financial aid people that you talk to. Well, they're going to tell other financial aid people, well, look, I helped out with this book. This book has the best information in it. You know, You should buy it. And, uh, you know, the same thing with the other people that you've talked to and, and all your friends that are giving you all this, you know, advice. And the village that helped you build your book are going to be the village that are going to spread the word about your book because they have a little bit of ownership in it. You know, they feel like they helped. So yeah. they're going to want to help make that book successful. So, all right, now, if I had, and I'm asking everybody this, so I'm not just picking on you, if you had one uh, word of advice for an author that is starting out, what would that be? Patience. <laughs> yeah. Patience. Yeah. Um, it is 
whatever amount of time you think it's going to take, count on it taking twice as much time for every step of the process. Yeah, and make sure you do those steps right and don't just try to rush them. No, and it's, I mean, it's much better. I was in this hurry. I wanted the book out at the end of spring so that I could hit summer camps because one of the other things I want to do is try and get with coaches who have summer camps to include my book as a part of the registration fee. Right. But I realized that it's more important for it to be correct and me try to get it to camps next summer yep. than it is to put out something that had typos, misspellings, incorrect punctuation, and get it out early. Yep. And you have time now before summer camp next year to actually contact all those coaches, you know, ahead of time. And, yes. you know, it won't be a rush job. It'll be more of, you know, here's the book, you know, read through it. If you like it, let's work out a deal. So... I think that's that's great, you know, patience, because so many of us, it's such a quick, everything we can do so quickly now, you know, you can, you can go to Kindle and you can, you can write a book today and you can upload it to Kindle and have it for sale tomorrow, but should you? Right. <laughs> you know, you really should go through, and unfortunately, there's a lot of Amazon reviews that you'll read and it'll be like, you know, someone did on one of my books that I had uh, edited by three different people and they left a comment that um, well I don't trust any of the information in this book because there were grammatical errors and, and there, oh, were, there were problems and I'm like seriously show me <laughs> but you know there are people that uh, will be that critical of a book once you put it up that they'll be like you know even a, a misplaced comma will be something that will keep them from recommending your book to other people so be patient, read it three or four times, and, and don't, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Just take the time that is necessary to produce the best possible product that you can. Because in the end, even though those people are helping you edit and index and all, your name is the one on the cover. Yep. So it's got to be something that you and your parents could be proud of. That's that's great advice. And are you already looking at whether you're going to have a follow-up or is it just going to be more or less you're going to have to just keep updating this one? One of the things that I started doing in February, I started doing some online marketing courses because I was trying to figure out this whole book marketing uh, program. And I joined with Nancy Jetton who teaches people how to jazz up their bios and biographies and how to pitch ideas to people. And she showed me a woman named Allie Brown who was on Secret Millionaire and made $10 million last year. Wow. And he's doing it just about all with information products. So I've been looking at breaking, the, the book is general and it covers all of the areas that you need to do to be certified. Mm -hmm. But there's certain areas like we were talking about junior college students. Yep. They have a lot of different issues than your high school students have. Your international students are another group. And then there's certain sports like ice hockey and basketball that have different rules that only apply to their recruiting process. So I'm looking at breaking it, those areas down into smaller audio courses that come with a transcript 
that would go in depth as to what you would do if the two, as a person at a two-year college who's trying to go to a four-year college or a person at a four-year college who's trying to go to another four-year college. That's brilliant because, and like I, like I've been saying throughout the podcast, you you know because your information is so timely that you know if you had a course like that, you could update a module you know in a matter of days rather than you know having to rewrite an entire book or something. And you can update and update the people that are in the course or that have taken the course in the past, and mm-hmm. then they may go from one course to the next. They start with you as a high school student. And then they continue and, and take your course as a, as a junior college or, you know, whatever they need to go. You can actually have people to go through your entire process. Yeah. And I think it would be more helpful uh, for some of the parents because there are some people who learn better by hearing things. Yep. And seeing things together. Uh, especially there's a huge, huge population of homeschool students now. Oh, yeah. With the success that Tim Tebow's had, everybody's thinking that their homeschool kids going to be in the pros. But they have a very difficult certification process to go through, more so than the high school students. But they may not really need all of the other information that's in the book. Right. So they, they may only to want to purchase that audio course. Yeah. I did not realize that Tim Tebow was homeschooled. He was. Wow. Okay. Uh, and you think you would know everything there is to know about Tim Tebow, especially since I live in New York City. <laughs> He's taken over. He's taken over. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's another audience completely that is totally uh, separate from the whole. You know, they went through school process. So, I, I that's that's eye opening. My daughter homeschools my grandson so I mean I'm I'm very familiar I have several friends that have homeschooled their children so you know I know that they have their own challenges just from homeschooling but I didn't even think about the fact that if they're you know if their kids are athletic or or whatnot that they would need to go through I didn't know you that there was a certification process that you went through I figured if you were problems a lot of people still don't understand they think that you know I played in high school I was good. Coaches have been watching me. Mm-hmm. Coach said he wants me to come to the college. All I have to do is show up. Yep, exactly. I figured that they if they liked you, I figured they gave you. I figured if they liked you, they gave you a scholarship. You know, you'd fill out an application form, and and that would be it. I didn't know there was all this other stuff. So, you've educated me as well. Um, I don't have anybody that would have an athletic scholarship, but you know, I may talk to people that need. Um, that information and you know I mean we're trying to get our kids to be more active so hopefully there'll be more athletes uh, coming up through the ranks and one thing that a lot of people still don't know is bowling is an NCAA championship sport oh oh I did know that but I knew that 20 years ago <laughs> I, I totally forgot don't realize that you can get tuition room, board, and books for your kid if they are a good bowler. That's that's really awesome. And that's a whole other audience. That it is. Com- completely a whole other audience. Wow. Well, I can really tell you've done your research, and um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. If you had one last piece of advice that you would give um, a new author coming up, what would it be? 
make sure if you're writing nonfiction as I did, make sure you go through the process of writing up the proposal outline because that will serve as your reference guide to keep you on target as you're going about writing the book. Whether you get a traditional publisher to pick up that proposal or not, the fact that you have done all of those steps makes you organize all of your material and it makes it much easier to write the finished product. And then whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, there's a lot of information that I've found just about marketing books. One of the things I was told that for every two hours you write, you need to spend an hour preparing marketing materials. Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. So you can't just write all day. You have to be thinking about the marketing process as you're writing. As you think about who you're writing the book to, you also have to think about, well, what do they read and where do they shop and what do they buy and how can I reach them in ways other than just Facebook and Twitter? Because a lot of your people aren't going to be on Facebook and Twitter. That's excellent. I couldn't have said that better. That is, that's absolutely wonderful advice. Um Marlon, this has been a joy to talk to you, and um, I hope to do a follow-up with you after your book is released and hear about all the great places that you've gotten, to, to all the great sponsors you've gotten, and all the good work you've done. This is one of those books that is something that I think you can really um, have a snowball effect with, and I look forward to seeing what you build as information products as well to go along with it. Um, well, you. you. You've kind of done the whole package. You know, you, you've uh, realized that there's a need and you're filling it with the book and you realize that the book isn't going to be the end-all, be-all and you're using it to launch some other things. And plus, you built your platform ahead of time. So that, and that helped you through your process, I'm sure, with interaction with people. So um, you can do another information product about how to write an information product. <laughs> I've done so, so many marketing online seminars. People are walking in my office and they go, oh, are you on the phone? I'm like, nope, just listening to a seminar. Just listening to somebody telling me how to market. I just listen to them all day. But if any of your listeners have kids who need scholarships, eligibilitycoach.com is my website. Okay. And you're on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Uh, eligibility coach without the last H and Facebook is eligibility coach. All right. Beautiful. That's nice and easy. A lot of our listeners are listening on iTunes and they may not see the show notes. So what you just did was perfect so that they can find you. Um, also anyone out there who's listening, you can go to bookgoodies.com, look for Marlon Jones and look for, uh, look for the, the, the show notes for this podcast and we'll have all the links up there as well. And uh, we'll keep you posted on, on what she's up to. And also, you can follow Book Goodies on Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com slash Book Goodies. And also, uh, Facebook is Facebook.com slash Book Goodies. And uh, as always, we like to thank GeekCast.fm for hosting all of our wonderful podcasts and where you can go find other marketing and internet marketing podcasts. There's a tip for you. 
Um, and uh, as always, we want to thank you for listening. Oh, and if you want to find me on the internet, you can go to twitter.com slash Loxley, L-O-X-L-Y, or you can go to DebraCarney.com and find out a little bit more about me and the stuff that I'm publishing. So um, thanks, everybody. Uh, be sure to go to bookgoodies.com. Tell us about your books and offer to be a guest if you, if you would like. And everybody get writing and have a great day. Thanks for listening.